the Farm Advisory Service podcast. Audio advice on livestock, crops and soils, environment, rural business and more. Brought to you in association with the Scottish Government. Hello and welcome to Thrill of the Hill. My name's Alex Petty and for the Farm Advisory Service, we're thrilled to have you. In today's episode of Thrill of the Hill, I speak with Malcolm Wilkinson from the Arran Geopark Project about the realities of geopark status, how that compares to national parks, local engagement and what the farming community can do to contribute to good public access on Arran and across Scotland. Hi there, Malcolm. How's it going? Hi, Alex. Very good. And yourself? Yeah, yeah, all good, all good, thanks. Um, bit of a wild and wet day over on Aaron today. It is indeed, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Malcolm, um, thanks for, for agreeing to come on Thrill of the Hill here today. Um, can you just give an introduction to what, uh, what it is you do at the Aaron Geopark Initiative, what some of the, the work that you're, uh, you're currently doing on the island is, and kind of the history of the project? Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, my name's Malcolm Wilkinson. I'm the Geopark Coordinator for the Aran Access Trust. The The Access Trust is the charity that's been working for the last 20 years, 20 years plus on the island that's managed and developed and maintained much of the island's footpath network, which is really, really important for you know visitors and for locals on the islands on the island the geopark itself came out of the access trust um, about five years ago um, with the aim of gaining unesco global geopark status for the island um, that's something we hope to achieve in the next next couple of years right, right off the bat then malcolm can, can you explain for the listeners what is a geopark and what is geopark status so geoparks, um, it's, it's UNESCO that manages these. It's quite a new de- designation. So UNESCO is the United Nations Education, Scientific and Cultural Organization. Um, so geoparks are places where outstanding geological heritage is used to support sustainable development through conservation, education, interpretation and nature tourism. Um, so those are those are UNESCO's words, um, and the purposes of of UNESCO Global Geoparks really are to explore and to develop and celebrate all the links between geological heritage. So it's not just geology we're talking about here, but it's actually about all other aspects of the areas. You know, really special natural heritage, cultural heritage, um, and other other sort of intangible heritage intangible heritages which is um what unesco call things like like the language of the region or the food and just to just to explain um a little bit further because people are probably wondering you know what's what's geology got to do with you know everything else that goes on in a landscape everything else that goes on on the island and there's a really nice quote from from um a lady called marion campbell who was an archaeologist and poet who lived in um kilbury just up the coast in, in argyll um, from from us, and she said, to understand the landscape, one must learn its bones, rock gorge and flood plain, ice smoothed hill or upthrust ridge, record the earth's experience like wrinkles on an old face. 
Um, the underground bones control the growth above, the green skin of the earth revealing what lies below. So, Malcolm, how does how does geopark status compare to something like a national park? I, th- I think for the majority of listeners, they'll be familiar with what a, nat- a national park is and, and what that entails. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, as I was as I said, geoparks are a pretty new designation. Came along about fifteen twenty years ago. Um, so, yeah, I think it's really important to sort of differentiate between geoparks and and national parks. So. Geoparks have no legal status at all. You know, it's an international designation um, awarded by UNESCO. It's not awarded by by um, by the Scottish government, say, or the UK government. So, so there's no legal status, um, and they're not trying to put in. They're not trying to stop development, um, for instance, like national parks can be seen to do, or you know, to freeze in time certain ways of living, or working in the landscape. Um, and also importantly, geoparks are bottom-up organisations. You know, they're formed by the community groups who really want to celebrate what's important about about the region and its heritage, um, which um, national parks are are generally. Obviously, there's a lot of um, community consultation, but they're 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 more of a top-down sort of organization coming from the government obviously national parks have central government funding which geoparks at the moment don't have so that's something as a group of geoparks in in scotland um which is being worked on at the moment brilliant so the idea malcolm behind the podcast is that we discuss the topics that are affecting sectors that are involved in the farmed upland environment what are some of the potential benefits to, to being a geopark? You're operating on Arran right now, but uh, there will be similar um, geoparks across Scotland. I mean, what, what are some of the benefits to, to being a geopark? Yeah, there are. So there's two other geoparks in Scotland at the moment. There's two other UNESCO geoparks in Scotland. There's one other, um, what you could describe as a national geopark. So we've got Shetland and um, Northwest Highlands are the UNESCO Geoparks at the moment, and then there's Loch Aber Geopark um, as well, and and Arran Geopark um, down down in the southwest here. Um, so yeah, the, the the designation itself really the importance of I think is it would it would recognise just how globally important our island landscape is, um, its culture, and you know really as I was saying, all aspects of its heritage. We're not just talking about the rocks, the geology here. Um, you know, other benefits are um, the international collaboration. This is a network of 170 geoparts throughout throughout the world, um, and we can also uh, also can allow us to to collaborate with other UNESCO designated sites like um, World Heritage sites and biosphere reserves. You know, um, our nearest biosphere reserve is over in in Galloway, so you know these are really important international. You know, it's like a quality mark, really, um, awarded by UNESCO. And you mentioned the other geoparks in Scotland. Do you have much interaction with them? Do you guys coordinate? Or has there been any success story with them that, that you think could be um, could, could be applicable to Aaron? Um, absolutely, yeah, we do. We do. Um, we are very much in touch. Um, and the Scottish Geology Trust is is the group that sort of um, brings together um, champions geoparks and um, also sort of lobbies as well. Um, tries to secure funding for 
for the geoparks. So yeah, there there are a lot of real real um, big benefits as well. It's not just it's not just all um, talking about culture or telling telling stories is obviously a really important part of what we do. But there's actually real sort of tangible benefits as well to the ge- that the geoparks bring. You know, in in the five UK geoparks a couple of years back brought in four and a half million over over a year. Additional this is additional funding that they brought in as a as a as a group to to the regions. Um, I think also bring really good visibility to Aaron as a sustainable tourist destination. I think markets such as adventure tourism, nature tourism, um, what we're calling volunteerism as well, is it, uh, really really important. It's 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 more and more what people are wanting to do, you know, to really get involved in in a landscape and um, in a community as well. Um, there's also other other benefits such as um you know for the businesses in the area as well who can use this designation um as as a brand to add value to their produce to their crafts to their product and um, in terms of protections or designations that come with geopark status how do you see that impacting the island community of of aaron you you maybe outlined that a little bit just there but uh, if you can expand on that yeah, so as as I said before, there's no legal status to 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 geoparks, which in a, in a in a way is a real a real benefit, you know. But we can encourage, um, you know, good management of of the landscape, um, and by working with other groups as well. So, um, you know, whether they're statutory bodies or whether they're local uh, um, landowners or or volunteer groups, so. On Aaron, we're really, really lucky because we've got a huge number of groups already that are focused on on all aspects of our our heritage, you know, our environment, um, conservation, archaeology, history, even even the Gaelic language. We've got all we've got Coast, the community of Aaron Seabed Trust, who um, essentially they were a, developed a, what was essentially a grassroots marine protected area off the south coast of Aaron, um, you know, fifteen years ago. Now, so. As a result of all this fantastic work that's already gone on the island, much much of it's been done by volunteers. Actually, um, we already ha- have a lot of the component parts required by UNESCO to become a geopark. Um, you know, so our task over the next next couple of years really is to to continue this collaboration um, to, sh- to to show just what the value of this status could bring to the island. You know, and what I'd like to do is just just um, we're, we're really trying to weave together um, all these different organizations, all these different groups of people on the island, all the hard work that's 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 already been done to protect the environment, you know, promoting local food, um, promoting scientific research, encouraging sustainable tourism. So working together under the banner of the geopark under, you know, this really prestigious international designation um, enables us to be much stronger together. And uh, you mentioned local communities and, and, and building that, that those community links. Just, just on the back of that, are the local community on board with the initiative? What kind of feedback have you been getting from Aaron residents? We get loads of, of really positive feedback from, from local people, also from businesses on the island. Um, you know, from the from the local authority as well, who see it as a really um, prestigious designation. Um, 
which which you know could really benefit us just not you know locally as well as well as thinking we are a tourist island you know so that's obviously a big draw so this designation could have this 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 added attraction to all sorts of people throughout the world um and we're also really lucky to have strong groups of of volunteers as as i've said in terms of helping with our social media helping with fundraising and also practical maintenance around the island that's something we've done as for many years in terms of paths path maintenance um, non-native species eradication that's a big big issue on the island so that's a big part of what we do as a geopark getting the community on board um, helping us with what we do and yeah keen to develop that a lot more and Malcolm, we're seeing a lot of talk right now around issues of conservation, finance, carbon credits. Obviously, Scottish government have climate change and biodiversity decline as big policy drivers. Do you think that being a geopark could bring investment to the island and could play a part in that kind of nature-based solutions to, to climate change and biodiversity decline? I really hope so. Yeah, yeah. Um, geoparks, what we need to do is to show that we're working towards these these big goals that are important for the planet. And, um, you know, as part of, of UNESCO, geoparks uh, work towards the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals um, and, you know, stim- stimulate s- sustainable development. Um, so there's a lot of great projects already going on on the island, um, both in the sort of world of peatlands as well as woodland restoration. You know, the National Trust for Scotland's doing a, a huge landscape scale restoration involving planting native woodlands, um, as well as as well as a lot of peatland restoration. However, we can be doing a lot more on Aran. So I, I really think it's important. Uh, the geopark can really play a play a role in encouraging more landowners to undertake these sort of nature-based solutions. Um, And we can also do it ourselves. We can employ rangers, which we did last summer. Um, And we can bring together volunteer groups to help achieve some of these aims. What are the the roles of some of the rangers that you've brought on then, Malcolm? So last year, we, um, Nature Scott, funded funded a ranger for, um, as part of the Green Recovery Fund. Okay. Um, so that fund was really to um, to help manage the increased impacts of the number of people, you know, staycationing, um, increased visitors numbers over the summer. So whether that's camper campers, camper vanners, you know, erosion, littering, all sorts. So we were we were lucky enough to have a ranger um, who worked all over the island you know really really trying to tackle some of these problems as well as our non-native invasive species he was he was working away on that as well so that's something we're really keen to develop there's a real um, we don't have any the island does not have any full-time um, paid rangers who cover the whole island um, so so that's something as a geopark I think we could we could develop in future and Malcolm, we're obviously speaking on this podcast. This podcast is developed for the Farm Advisory Service. Where are you in bringing on the agricultural community in the process? Um, and and what do you think the benefit for them might be to, to be part of the, the Aaron Geopark project? Yeah, obviously Aaron's got a huge, huge um, 
um, well, present day and, and historical sort of agricultural heritage. Um, so I think the geopark can really add value to that produce um, that's produced on the island. Um, you know, crafts, other businesses. You know, we've got a, we've got a huge number of we've got a gin distillery, we've got two two whiskey distilleries, we've got um, um, you know cheese, milk, ice cream. Um, so so all these local products can be associated with um, the Geopark brand, if you like. Um, there's another uh, group. It's called Geo Geo Food, which works across Geoparks throughout the world. It started off in Norway. So the GeoFood brand is associated with um, geoparks, which celebrate the, the regional importance of food, which is, of course, related to the, the unique geology, the microclimate, if you like, um, and the soils of the region. So that's, some, I suppose, a little similar to the sort of uh, DOP or IGP designations, which, which people might be used to to hearing about. Um, I think also in terms of diversification as well of, of farming um, to, into tourism, you know, it provides really great visibility internationally um, as a sustainable tourist destination. You know, we can sell ourselves as, as being a really sustainable place to come and visit and get involved with um, the sort of projects that are happening on the island in terms of nature tourism, volunteerism, you know, adventure tourism as well is a big deal here. And Aaron has a number of important protected nature sites, um, and we mentioned Nature Scott earlier on in the podcast. Um, but uh, whether we're talking about the North Aran Mountains, the the Aran Moors, um, you mentioned the Marine Protected Zone earlier on. How do they play into the geopark story? It's it's all part of the bigger picture. As I, as as I said, you know, we're not just talking about geology here. It's, we're, we're talking about um, the whole. Uh, we talk about the sort of ABC of heritage, if you like, in geoparks. We're looking at the the, the abiotic, which is actually the the rocks, the soils, um, the the biotic. So we're looking at the the ecology of the region and the cultural heritage as well. So Aaron's just so rich in all of these things. Um, you know, we've got the big five animal species. We've got red squirrel, red deer, golden eagle, otter, and and uh, harbor seal as well. And um, you know, we're getting more and more. We could add, we could make that the big seven because we've got basking sharks. We've got, um, we've got sea eagles, white hill eagles, which are um, becoming a more regular sight down here. Um, we've also got three endemic tree species. You know, not found anywhere else on the island. The white beams. So real. You know, we've got a real big story to tell here. The marine protected area as well as 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 I mentioned really important we're including that within within our geoparts boundary so we're not just talking about onshore here we're talking about offshore um the and the importance of those habitats and and that big story you know there's a huge story to tell here on this on this 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 wee island yeah so just just to sort of hammer home that point we're not we're not a geological park we're about celebrating conserving and increasing understanding of all parts of the the island's heritage and you mentioned the the sea there was your your cultural um, the, the cultural aspects of, of being a geopark. I wonder if you could just speak to that because you're right. I mean, in in terms of islands in the southwest of Scotland, Aran is or or has been a network for for different activity over over the years. Yeah, absolutely. You know, Scotland in miniature is what is you know how many people will 
heard of heard the island being being called that old that old phrase so um and you know we are we're 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 between literally geologically we are the highland boundary fault runs through the island um and you know we're sort of not quite lowland we're not quite highland we're not quite part of the western isles we're not quite you know we're 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 a wee island in the clyde here which has a little bit of everything and um that's been true you know for thousands and thousands of years as well we've got stunning archaeology on the island standing stones megalithic tombs we've got evidence of farming for potentially six thousand years old um we've got pitch stone which was a sort of um uh volcanic glass i suppose which was used for blades which has been found up and down the west coast of off off the uk that sort of celtic kingdom that was traded from aaron and and um spread throughout that that celtic world um and yeah thinking about our sort of other other cultures the gaelic language as well really really important to aaron in it in its place names in its in the names of its mountains um and that's reflected in um uh, it's not just gaelic either actually it's it's, it's norse as well broddock sanox a lot of the place names on the island you know show show just that sort of rich history and and the mixing of different cultures that's that's happened that's happened here um i think i mentioned our sort of the, culturally as well you know we're talking about it's not just ancient culture it's the modern day so it's thinking about food and drink as well our distilleries our dairy products our our potatoes as well you know we're famous for our potatoes the iron banner being being uh being one of them that was developed on the island um so yeah we're here to celebrate all these things and to champion these things for the island and farmers have long presented the argument to the general public that things like grazing livestock are required to maintain the landscape of Scotland in a good overall condition. Is that something that you would endorse? Is that a message you could get behind? Absolutely. It's about, it's about we're looking at a landscape as a mosaic. It's not just one thing. It's not just trees. Um, you know, it's not just a forest. It's not going to be a, whether it's a native woodland um, or whatever, you know, it's about mosaic landscapes of peatland, of native woodland, um, you know, and of grazing productive productive farms as well within, within this rich biodiverse landscape. Great. So the Scottish government have committed to a new national park within the lifetime of, of the current government. Is that something that you would think is is generally a good thing for scotland is that kind of the direction that you think we should be moving in absolutely yeah i think national parks have have play a really important part as as more and more people are accessing the outdoors here on our doorstep appreciating that as well hopefully um and respecting it uh, even more importantly um so yeah there's a real requirement there as more and more people are visiting scotland's countryside for conservation and for education you know how do we use these places responsibly how do we enjoy them responsibly um but i think that that does need to be helped along by local government funding and by central government funding so national parks provide a mechanism for that um central government funding um in a way which you know we don't receive that as as a geopark so which 
I think in future, um, as more and more geoparks are developed and people see the value of geoparks, um, I really hope central government will 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 um, will value us as well. That was just going to be my next question here. What what kind of opposition or, or stumbling blocks have you come across on the route to, to becoming a geopark? Yeah, just just echoing what I've just said, I suppose. Yeah, funding, um, unlike the national parks. Um, yeah, we're we're um, we're actively always looking for funding. We're we're sort of stuck in that cycle, if you like, of 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 getting funding for two years, three years if we're lucky. Um, and that's just just staff, whether they're education staff, whether they're whether they're rangers or for or for projects um, or for specific projects as well. So it's always a struggle. Um, you know, we're we're largely a group of volunteers and volunteer directors, um, as you know, most grassroots local charities are. So there's a lot that goes on that that um, that people don't realise. Um, I think there's also potential, though, um, you know, we're not just looking for government grants here. Um, one of the nice things about geoparks is that we can look to commercial partners who who see what what benefit this international designation could bring to the region. So, um, yeah, actively on the lookout for for potential commercial partners. Um, and yeah, I suppose finally we're still geoparks are new designations, so that's another stumbling block. You know, we're 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 always um, sort of having to having to explain what geoparks are, what geoparks can do, and the importance of 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 geoparks. They're something of an unknown entity. So, but that's that will change. That will change. And all things going to plan, Malcolm. What kind of time scale do you think? Aaron is looking at in terms of getting to, to geopark status? Our application with UNESCO should go in this this later on this year and um, it's a bit of an extended process back and forth with, with UNESCO. Um, we will get international uh, moderators who visit the island and assess us. Um, so we should be approved by UNESCO by 2024 at the, at the very earliest. And Malcolm, finally, I ask this to everybody who comes on the podcast, um, just to kind of wind down, what is something that you've noticed happening within the industry right now that you think more people should be paying attention to? Any good practices or innovative ideas that you want to draw attention to? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we've we've talked a bit about nature-based solutions. And um, I really think people, all sorts of people are waking up to our climate crisis, our um, and the effects of climate change, you know, how we can mitigate them and the associated sort of ecological crisis we're facing throughout the world. Um, so there's there's obviously a lot of money being poured into this at the moment from government, but also from private, private um, companies as well in terms of things like carbon sequestration. Um, uh, but in tandem with that, people are... Um, ordinary people that have a huge appetite, I think, now for getting involved in the countryside, especially in, th- in things like um, practical conservation. So I'm, I'm, I'm optimistic of positive change and, and I think I'd encourage people to get involved more with these sort of practical groups, with their local local groups. Um, look what your local, local um, nature reserve, your local national park or your local geoparks doing and, and get involved. 
Malcolm, just for the listeners, can you give us an indication of where people can find out more information about the Aran Geopark project and uh, where we can get some additional information? Absolutely. We've got lots of information on our website, which is arangeopark.co.uk. And also we're on all forms of social media at Aran Geopark. Brilliant. Malcolm Wilkinson, on behalf of the Farm Advisory Service, thanks for sitting down and taking the time. It's been a really good discussion and uh, we hope to, to hear how you're getting on in the future. Thank you, Alex. Great to be here. Thank you for listening to this episode of Thrill of the Hill, part of Scotland's Farm Advisory Service podcast. If you have any questions about any of the content covered here today, please do not hesitate to get in touch at 0300 323-0161 or contact us by email at advice at faz.scot.